today with Gillian Devlin in for Joe Nash on Live 95. More messages coming in there as well. Jerry in Kamalak is talking about the speed van, which was parked outside Kamalak yesterday. Weren't they short of a place to park it? The best of luck to the Limerick team tomorrow, says Jerry in Kamalak. And so say all of us, we're all looking forward to the big match tomorrow. And we have our own Luke Liddy in Studio One. Good morning, Luke. Good morning, Gillian. And hopefully we have Mal Keevney there on the line as well this morning. Mal, big day for you. You know, I mean, I, I'm getting over the disappointment of not being able to go to an electric picnic, but I'm more than happy to be going to Croke Park, uh, Gillian. I'd say if you were given the choice now, I think I know which one you'd pick. Yeah, I wouldn't be camping out anyhow. No. So uh, tell us, you know, you've heard the team there. Luke was giving us the details in the 11 o'clock sport there. Uh, what are your own thoughts on John Kiley's announcements? There was always going to be one or two talking points, you know what I mean? such as the strength of the panel of players that we have. You mean, we have a couple of all-stars now in the reserves. But listen, they will be playing a part as well. It's no longer a 15-person game. So, OK, Richie English and Graham Mulcahy will both be disappointed not to be on the starting blocks. But I can guarantee you, I'll bet you any money that the two of them and others will be introduced at some stage tomorrow between ourselves and Waterford. So it is a repeat of last year's decider and Limerick came out on top of that in very much a one-sided game, it has to be said, last December. Waterford are going to be looking for revenge. Waterford have improved since then. We won that match by 11 points, but there's momentum in this Waterford team and we need to be very, very careful. Okay, they were beaten by Clare. They struggled against Leash, but my word, they've put in two heroic performances over the last couple of weeks, uh, eliminating Galway, who behind Limerick were favourites to win the Lee McCarthy Cup, and also Tipperary, who were winners of the recent uh, All-Ireland Championship as well. So there is momentum with this Liam Cahill's team, with the likes of Austin Gleeson, you know, he has scored 113, Jamie Barney is going so well for them, Desi Hutchinson, and so many others. We need to be careful, but we are good enough to beat Waterford. Luke, Waterford are coming into their fourth game in a row, whereas Limerick have had the three-week break. We've been hearing they're happy about that three-week break, but, you know, there can be advantages to, to both ways of approaching the game, can't there? Yeah, there certainly can, Gillian. I mean, we saw it, so we only need to look back to, to 2019, don't we, when uh, when we won the, the Munster final and had a long layoff to that semi-final against uh, Kilkenny, where Limerick just didn't come out of the traps early enough, and Kilkenny did and, and racked up a, a big score against us, and it was Limerick trying to claw their way back into the game. I mean, Mal already mentioned the, the battles that Waterford have, have gone through over the last couple of weeks. Tipperary nearly coming back at them late in that game. Galway nearly coming back at them late in that game and stumbled a bit against Leach as well. I mean, there's there's two ways to look at it and, and I think it's kind of after the game you start to make the decisions on that and hindsight is great, isn't it? If, if Limerick lose the game, you say, yeah, they, they were cold coming into it. They hadn't had competitive action. If they win the game, the rest did them a world of good. So I think it's, it's semantics really at the end of the day, but uh, Limerick just need a good 70-minute performance, I think, and, and they should have enough to, to beat this Waterford side. We haven't seen a real comprehensive 
70-minute performance from Limerick probably since last year. If they did it, if they get off to a good start, if they finish strongly, I think Limerick will come out on top in this one. Obviously, Mal mentioned a couple of the Waterford danger men and they certainly have a lot of them. Jamie Byrne has been particularly impressive in midfield this year for the Dacia. William O'Donoghue has had his number over the last couple of years, so do they maybe change him position-wise? Do they move him into the forwards? Do they try and uh, move him away from William O'Donoghue? We'll have to wait and see, but as it stands at the moment, I'd be I'd be pretty confident that, uh, that Limerick can secure the win, but you just never know in Championship Hurling at Croke Park. Anything at all could happen, but uh, hoping that Limerick have a, have a good all-round 70-minute performance, and uh, hopefully that'll be enough. Well, Live 95's Mike Hearn is with us as well this morning. Mike, uh, 24,000 fans at Croke Park. That's going to be the biggest sporting event we've had since the pandemic began. Um, it's It'll be huge, but still, you know, it's a far cry from the 80,000 the stadium can hold. Yeah, absolutely. But again, if you ask a player, Gillian, would they rather behind closed doors or 24,000 fans? They're, they're going to bite your hand off for the fact that 24,000 people will witness an incredible atmosphere this weekend. And, and they'll create that atmosphere and they'll know the onus is on them, you know, to hype it up even more than normal because they're the privileged people that are getting in to see the game. And, and look, certainly Limerick will be fairly represented in the stands. Lots of people, particularly on social media, gloating about getting a ticket for the big game. And isn't it brilliant that Limerick are back at Croke Park and look whether it's 24,000 or 2,400 or 80,000 winning the All-Ireland is the ultimate goal and just fingers crossed I think we're looking for reasons now not to classify Limerick as, as warm favourites for the weekend that's the kind of I suppose we all tend to get a little bit more worried as the game approaches but for me Limerick should be red hot favourites but Walford are the improving side and maybe just maybe they've timed their run this year to perfection last year they were pretty tired uh, but this time round, they seem to have got the schedule bang on. Mal, you've commentated on a number of games over the last 18 months or so where there hasn't been a single fan in the stadium. You must be delighted that there, there'll be a good crowd this time around. I'm delighted uh, more so for the supporters who were unable to go due to the COVID-19 restrictions and who were brilliant followers of Limerick uh, down through a long number of years. So it's great that we have, you mean, 12,000 Limerick supporters in Croke Park uh, tomorrow afternoon. Uh, you know, I mean, whatever it is, 24,000 overall, half of them will be from Limerick. So it's it's great for them and the players, okay. There was a little bit of an, an empty feeling, I think, when they couldn't even, you know, I mean, hug their partners, parents or whatever it was last Christmas following the All-Ireland final win uh, against Watford. But this time round, it's our 41st meeting with Watford. There'll be a big crowd there and let's hope it'll be a good result. And I think it will be a positive outcome uh, uh, for, for Limerick on this occasion. OK, so throw in time tomorrow, Mal, five o'clock, yourself and Shane Dowling on duty. Yeah, it's the first uh, commentary outing at Croke Park for Shane Dowling. So, you know I mean, I hope he sleeps well tonight ahead uh, ahead of the, the fixture tomorrow afternoon. And just one little thing, I was just going through a few notes there. You mean, Garot Hegarty will be 27 next Tuesday. And it's quite remarkable, Gillian, to think that he was actually at Croke Park 27 years ago. He was only 21 days old, but his mother, who was from Offaly, and we were playing Offaly in that famous 94 final, she couldn't get anybody above and kill Cormac to mind him. And Dad, Ger was playing in the match, so they had to bring him along. 
So Garrod Hegarty, 27 years on, will be back at Croke Park. A remarkable story. He was leaving that day at the 94 final and he told his mother that he'd love to, be, to play at Croke Park. And my word, he's played there several times since. Well, he, he was very advanced if he was able to say that to his mother at 21 days old. Yeah, but yeah. no, no, no. She couldn't shut him up. <laughs> Maddie, yeah. I want to play at Crow Park and she said, it's up to you, Garrod. And my word, he's back here playing in the semi-final uh, and he's played in a couple of finals, of course, as well. Brilliant but, uh, story. 20, 27 years ago. Brilliant story. Thanks for that, Mal. Um, we're joined also today by Niamh Kavanagh, who's PRO of UL Bowes. Good morning, Niamh. Hello, how are you today? I'm good. And this throw-in time oh, for the hurling semi-final on Saturday, it's a bit controversial because is there any chance the Springboks would mind changing the time of the test or, uh, down in South Africa? Because there's a big clash. Come here, there's a huge clash. And I think there was requests put in, but I think Erasmus was ignoring those emails from the Munster lads um, to get it changed. Ah, Although it would have been great controversy for them again this week. Oh, sure, you could have put out another hour-long video, couldn't you? I'm uh, telling you. Yeah. yeah, 100%. So what are your own thoughts about this? This is a crucial test now. It's one all. Um, this will decide the tour. This will decide the tour. It's a big, big game tomorrow. And it's interesting to see some of the changes that Gatwick has gone with. Um, Murray's obviously back on the re- replacement bench and Ali's in there at nine. And imagine that's countering what's going on with the scrum halves of South Africa and the change there due to injury. Um it's great to see Jack uh, Cronin in there. And I like the Irish partnership of Bundy and Robbie in there. I think Bundy will make a big dif- difference in terms of physicality for the game. And I think that's what's needed. I think they really need to bring it up to them. Um, I think last week you could see a couple of tired bodies. Um, Bundy brings fresh legs in there. Were you surprised by any of Gatlin's choices? You know, I was surprised with Connor. Um, to be honest there I thought they would have started him but I can see the reasoning behind it you know he's played last week he took a bit of a knock um, Ali can go in there and you have the experience then of Curry of Connor to come in um, when needed What did you make of the whole Razi Erasmus video saga? You know, I didn't pay much attention to it. Really? Um, yeah, no, I didn't. Um, we were talking about it in the house and at rugby training ourselves. And I didn't even watch some of the videos. Maybe it was a ploy from Erasmus to take the pressure off the players. Yeah, I mean, it, it was possibly more entertaining, though. I didn't watch the video myself, I have to say, but possibly more entertaining than the match. Um, you know, it wasn't the the greatest of matches. It hasn't been the prettiest of rugby so far. No, it hasn't. Um, but, going, you know, third test, 1-1, it leaves it pretty exciting for the last, last weekend of it. Um, both teams have done a job on either day, even though it hasn't been pretty. But um, it's what the fans look for. You know, that excitement of the last third game. Yeah, Munster fans, of course, as well, are delighted to see Simon Zebo's back in training with the province. It's great. Um, there's been a great influx of players, but also stuff that you don't see as much is there's a lot of sub-academy guys gone up into senior contracts. And I'm more excited to see them over the course of the year because the likes of Peter and Simon and the lads are getting closer to retirement age. So to breed these players up and to see them 
partaking in the more senior squad games is going to be crucial for this year. Yeah, it's it really is the unknown players that we should be keeping an eye on, the the, the big names of the future. Who, who in particular have you your eye on, Niamh? Um I know Craig is kind of come onto the scene last year, um, more than with the international caps and everything, but I'm really excited to see more of him, um, kind of stepping more into Connor's role. Um, I'm building from there. Okay, well, what did you make of the uh, social media reaction to the new Munster jersey? <laughs> it was interesting. Mm. Um, I think you either love it or hate it. Um, and you, uh, so your decision on it, are you a lover or a hate person? I'm on the fence at the moment. <laughs> I'm not sure about that white line going through the the other bits of it. But either way, once you get to put on that crest on your on the shirt and get out and play, um, that's all that matters. Yeah, yeah. I have to see it in the flesh first of all. You can't really tell for a photograph. I'm a little bit worried about the shade. Look, stay with us, Neve. We know we, yeah? we got to look at it on Wednesday training, and it is actually much nicer. Um, physically than it is online. 595's own Mike Hearn and Luke Liddy and also Neve Kavanaugh's PRO of UL Bowes. And Neve, you wanted to mention today uh, a campaign that we've given a bit of coverage to already here at Liberty Today. It's, it's for getting young girls involved in rugby. Hashtag give it a try. Tell us about it. Yeah, it's a fantastic programme that the IRFU and Munster Rugby support in order to get girls from age 8 14 out playing rugby and giving them the opportunity to be able to get involved in different clubs and just really give it a try. Something I would have loved at that age. Um, I didn't start till I was 21. Um, but the basic skills and knowledge and it's so much fun and girls are meeting new people and making friends and it's a really amazing environment to be in. So Shannon Rugby Club were on with us talking about their involvement out of Kuna, but you're you're doing it at UL Bowes as well? Yeah, we have it out in Anacotti. So you get it both sides of the city, so you don't have to travel too far. Um, and we're encouraging as many in the local community to come out. Um, it really is just for new girls and give them a chance to, to learn about rugby, meet some of the famous internationals or past internationals um, from the club and just really get out and get fit and get active because we've been locked up for so long. It's nice to be able to do these things again. Yeah, you know, when I was growing up in school, like, girls playing rugby was simply unheard of. Didn't happen. Girls boxing absolutely did not happen. And look at us now. It's just amazing how far we've come. You've been following Kelly Harrington's success, Niamh. Oh, oh, it's magnificent. Um, The girls have been getting up early in the morning to watch the game or watch the fight. Um, It's, just outstanding, you know, and go, following on from Katie Taylor leading the way in boxing and having so many female athletes in the Olympics in so many different sports is just outstanding for role models. Mike Hearn, I know like girls and women have been playing soccer a lot longer than they've been boxing or playing rugby. So these are two new sports that I suppose the soccer has to compete with when uh, women are choosing which sports to get into. But I, I'm sure at the same time, you probably are delighted with Kelly's success. Yeah, absolutely. I think I probably underestimated her chances in yesterday's semi-final. But I mean, look, she's brilliant. She's a brawler, isn't she? And really infectious the way she carries herself through the Olympics. And she's on a rest day 
today. She'll be back training tomorrow before the final. Uh, she's been outstanding. And, and again, you look at the likes of Katie Taylor and you say, well, Katie's the one that started off playing soccer. She went down the avenue of boxing and many females have followed her route. And, and look, Kelly could be our next uh, national icon, as they say, because she's absolutely brilliant. And, and some of her interviews have been absolutely fantastic after her fight. So look, again, women's sports, popularity, I mean, it's been spread now across a huge number of sports. You even see the camogie um, is continuing its growth here in Limerick, certainly with Treaty United having women's team at under uh, 17 and the senior women's team. You know, UL Bohemians always fly the flag in the National League uh, in women's rugby. I mean, women's sport is certainly on the increase. Since the 2020 uh, Vision program came out, uh, certainly a lot more visibility, and, and rightly so and successes like Kelly Harrington will only increase female participation in any sport and do you know what Gillian there's room for females in every sport Absolutely there is uh, and meanwhile the Treaty United men's team they're welcoming Cabin Teeley to the markets field this evening in the SSE Artricity First Division yeah, and they go into the game in second place tonight. So Shelburne have a tough game against UCD who are in the playoff position. So it could be a, a little bit of change tonight again in the top four places because Galway certainly won't have an easy game uh, this evening. They'll, they'll be at home and they'll be favourites. But nonetheless, Treaty will, I think, for the first time be favourites to win a game this season. Many people have been writing them off throughout the year. They've lost to Cabin Teeley already this season. So Tommy Barrett will leave nothing to chance by way of preparation. Sean Gearan again misses out tonight, Gillian. His ankle injury means he'll miss a couple more weeks. And again, there's a doubt over uh, one player who's been absolutely fantastic this season, Matt McKevitt. Apart from that, though, Treasy have a, a clean bill of health. Dean George being the long-term injury victim. But Tommy Barrett will have lots of decisions to make ahead of tonight's game. Uh, should be a fantastic evening. 900 spectators allowed into the market field tonight. There are still a couple of tickets uh, left for that. You have to purchase them online right up to kick off for tonight's game but it'll be good to hear the Blue Army back in full voice tonight and more people inside the stadium as Treaty go into the last 10 games of the season would you believe? Wow it's, it's March on they've had some season but they're not the only club doing well Irish sides have been impressing in Europe this season as well haven't they? Two more great results last night yeah, look, it's been a phenomenal week, hasn't it, with Pauk uh, defeated by Bohemians at the Aviva Stadium on Tuesday evening. Nobody foresaw that result. Bowes have had a cracking uh, campaign so far in the Europa League. And then last night, yeah, Shamrock Rovers left it late, scoring deep, deep in injury time against Tuta of Albania. But perhaps the result of the night, Vitesse Arnhem would be red-hot favourites because they play in the Eredivisie uh, in Holland and they push the likes of Ajax and PSV week in, week out. Well, Dundalk went there, fell behind and most people thought the writing was on the wall but Patrick McElhaney who Treaty fans would have seen two weekends ago score in the FAI Cup to break Treaty hearts he scored two absolute wonder goals last night and Dundalk were on the verge of an unbelievable victory in Holland before Vitesse scored uh, with the last kick in the 90th minute so it's all to play for in the second leg but when you consider three Irish sides playing in Europe this week and none of them beaten and that will improve our coefficient in Europe which increases our rankings for the years ahead uh, it's been a very very good week I'm going to finish up now by asking Niamh a very awkward question Niamh Saturday yep. 5 o'clock tomorrow uh, what will you be watching? I think there'll be two screens going. Okay. Now, I'm a, an awfully woman myself, but an adopted Limerick person. And nieces and nephews are Limerick, so I'll definitely have to shout for the green 
although a good friend of mine is from Waterford, so there'll be a lot of controversy going on. Oh dear. And then on the other screen, you'll have the, the Lions tour. Yeah, we'll have to figure out two screens. I don't think we'll be able to record one and watch it later. Oh, I tell you something, that's multitasking at its best, without a doubt. I know a lot of people would be recording one and watching the other most, I think, in fairness, would probably be watching the hurling um, and uh, trying to stay off Twitter and things like that uh, to find out, uh, waiting to find out the results of the Lions Tour. But look, it's a great weekend of sport. Also, Kelly Harrington's like big going for gold match on Sunday morning. People will be watching that as well. Lots to look forward to. And don't forget, we'll have full commentary on the All-Ireland semi-final against Waterford here on Live 95 with our Mal Keevney and All-Ireland winning Limerick hurler Shane Dowling. Throw-in is at five o'clock. You can tune in to Live 95 or you can tune in on the app. Limerick Today with Gillian Devlin in for Joe Nash on Live 95. Now, 